Trust Your Struggle is a, a place of inspiration. Uh, we have these conversations with individuals about their monumental struggles that they've had in their life, uh, what they've done to overcome them, how these struggles and what they've done have uh, kind of helped define who they are today. Sign painter and extraordinary designer Timothy Brennan from Great Not Good shares his experience about heat strokes, going to jail, doing massive amounts of drugs, getting in fights, and of course, bad breakups, all of which have been self-inflicted struggles. It wasn't until his close friends planned an intervention, which was disguised as a ski trip, to bring him to Phoenix for a new chance on life. What motivates Tim is the understanding that these moments will pass. You'll get through it and become stronger from it. Tim always strives for the best, exceeding expectations, and never settling for good. Oh yeah, and don't burn bridges, kids. Uh, I'm Timothy Brennan. Um, I am in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been here for, I think, 13 years. Uh, moved here from Colorado in 2005. Um, you can do the math on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, we're not doing math on it. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, so uh, moved moved here in 2005 um, for a construction job, actually, and. Yeah, I moved here in the middle of the summer. Uh, there's a whole story of how I got here that we'll we'll touch on. I think it actually kind of hits on some of that str- struggle bus uh, ideas. So, but the, as far as why I'm here, that's why I came down here for a construction job. Um, and it was in the middle of the summer, so I got heat stroke three times that summer. Um, it was pretty miserable, and that was actually what kind of lit the light up in my head that I didn't want to work construction for the rest of my life, especially in Arizona. Um, and also, you know, seeing my pops at 40 years old uh, with aching back, yeah, like having to get back surgery, bad joints, all that stuff, because he worked construction all his life. I, that kind of, you know made me think too about longevity and being able to uh, perform <laughs> later. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, Not get arthritis right away. How, how old are you right now, Tim? I, so that's the thing is I'm 38 now. So I'm only two years younger than where my dad was when he started getting all the the bodily injury pains. Um, right. So, so I think I, I got ahead of the curve a little bit. Um, but then it kind of going back, I actually worked in a very similar, well, the industry that I work in now is actually closer to construction than it is uh, like designing on a computer um, and that right. being sign painting. Um, so I guess so that for anyone be- who's like, li- sorry, dude, like anyone who's listening or watching right now, if they're not totally familiar with the art of sign painting, can you uh, drop some knowledge on that? Yeah. Um, so sign painting is actually, if you want to break it down, is the first form of advertising. Um, back in the day before there were ad agencies or computers or, you know, high tech, large format printing, anything like that, um, people needed a way to advertise their businesses. So uh, yeah, sign painters came around and it was really, it was more of a trade. Um, it wasn't considered a 
creative career. Um, there were sign painters that would do production lettering. They would show up on job sites or do, you know, A-frames uh, for sidewalks, anything like that. And they would just do production lettering and lay it out on site. Uh, it's called scratch, scratch layouts. Um, and yeah, and they would just bring their, their brushes and paint and just, you know, paint stuff up. Grocery store signs, um, you know, when produce was on sale, whatever, and this was, and they didn't have a printer to go to to advertise this stuff, they would call a sign painter up. Um, and that's where you see, you know, those big, bright, primary color grocery signs all done on big butcher paper. Um, that's where that kind of all originated, like in the bodegas and, you know, like all the, old school grocery stores um dude i remember mm -hmm. when i was growing up in chicago like seeing all the sign painting on all the old buildings um back then now i guess they'd, they'd be considered ghost signs um because mm -hmm. it's you know all faded away but yeah you'd see like huge like montgomery ward or like sears or something and it's just you know it takes over the whole side of the building on the on the brick it was pretty yeah. cool and the yeah, scale man. of it is massive yeah yeah and it's it's a trip man because like like these guys, I, it's, I still like, I'm, you know, I'm going on seven years now of the actually working as a sign painter. Um, a few of those years were just getting started and, you know, doing it as a side hustle. Um, but I'm, so I'm still learning as, as I go, what these guys were doing back in the day. And it's, it is mind blowing, you know, um, the scale of these things are, and this is pre-computer, pre-digital anything, you know what I mean? And it's, right. uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And it's also kind of reframed my view of a computer in the sense of um, using it as a tool and not so much a creative idea engine, you know what I mean? Like the ideas aren't in, in the computer, it's, it's on paper and physical um layouts but the computer is just the tool to to either you know put a mock-up together sell it to the client do the production stuff get patterns made all kinds of different things um but yeah so i wish i would have learned that when i was working in advertising i think i knew it but i just you did yeah you did for sure you're always like sketching and everything else so i mean yeah. that's where like all the ideas come from but it's, it's like, I don't want to get, I don't want to say too much on the sign painting thing. I mean, we could probably get back to that later, but um, it's one of those industries that really, uh, as far as the trade goes, hasn't evolved too much from where it started, right? Like that, that part or that aspect of sign painting is pretty cool. There's a lot of the tools, the techniques and things like that, um, that I would assume that you probably use today are, mm -hmm. are a lot of the same things that were used back in the day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess like, the newest technology that has been introduced is like maybe a projector where, you know, people project on the wall and trace this stuff out. Um, but yeah, well, and I guess the computer, but like that's, those are really the, the most technologically advanced tools. Um, but yeah, I see a lot of that kind of stuff in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's all, it's pretty much all the same techniques and methods. Um, I think there are some, some things as far as like aesthetics go or kind of creative direction where I am seeing a lot of, uh, new sign painters 
kind of incorporating modern takes and applications or executions to the tr traditional methods. And I think, and I, that's kind of an area that I play in too, of understanding the old techniques, but kind of being able to, to throw something, a contemporary idea into it. Um, yeah, so. So it's, I mean, you start out in construction, you went into doing design, now you're kind of like back into that, but like, uh, you want to jump in a little bit about you getting out of construction and, and how you found uh, design? Yeah, dude. So, okay. So it was actually, uh, I went, because we both went to the art institute that was up on Dunlap, right? At yeah. different years. Uh, but in that, Com that complex it shares a parking lot with um with a i forget what it's even called right well not the right it was actually a where you'd go to take your general contractor's license or test to get your general contractor license oh, so gotcha. so i was working as a superintendent for a for a development company like building custom homes and stuff and I was, it was coming up to a point, I was there for like two years and they were willing to um, pay for me to get my, my contractor's license. And so I went, like I studied and I went and I took the test and like, I, I wasn't feeling like super great about it. Just, you know, like I had said, like I hadn't found another thing to do other than work construction. And so I took the test and I walked out and it, that building shared the same parking lot as the Art Institute of Phoenix. And when I walked out, I like I saw the the sign in the sky, and then <laughs> it was like, yeah, exactly. Like it was like a shining ray of light and like angels from heaven singing, you know. And so I went over and I grabbed all the the like application paperwork and stuff and uh, filled it out the, over the next couple of days, and then. Um, and this is the thing I just saw art in the title. I thought I was going to be a fucking like fine artist or something. <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> I didn't actually know what like graphic design was. Um, did you always do art before that though? Yeah, I did do art. Like, you know, very random, funky, like, I guess it, like more graffiti stuff. Like I wasn't in, really into like characters and, um, spray paint and all that stuff. Uh, I used to take like on remodels, I would take old windows uh, that we removed from the house and paint on those as a canvas. Um, but yeah, like I just thought I was going to be like a fucking like fine artist, you know, a professional like gallery artist. And uh, they accepted me and I started going and I'm like signing up for classes. It's all computer this and, you know, like website design and CSS and like all this stuff. And uh that's where I was like, oh, I might be in the wrong thing here, but I'll give it a, I'll give it a good college try, right? And um, so after, after a couple years, like that's where it kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're still being creative. We're still designing, uh, but it's for functional, you know, everyday items, like, like, a, like a fucking thing of toothpaste is designed or, you know, like, oh, that's kind of cool to be able to do that. Um, and when I realized that, I fucking was all in, drank all the Kool-Aid, fucking put vodka in it, made my own little punch and just, you know. Uh, and it was fun, man. Like uh, 2000, 
eight, I started freelance in 2009. I graduated and, and went like head on into the, into the ad world. Um, yeah. And it was good. Like it was, it was fucking awesome. Uh, but I also started later in life. Like I didn't go to, I didn't go to this college until I was 25. Um, and I think that helped a lot cause I had time to, you know, get all the extracurricular activities out, all the partying, even though I kept partying, uh, <laughs> like at least at that point, I, I knew that I needed to actually fucking make a career out of something, you know? Right. Uh, and then, yeah. And then like fast forward, you know, I kind of went through, took all, all the rungs of the ladder, started as a junior designer, you know, up to senior designer, uh, associate CD, and then now creative director, self-appointed, because I own my own company. <laughs> As you should, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I kind of, you know, I, I went through all of the the normal, that normal career path that you would. And uh, somewhere along the way, I kind of just lost the, uh, I guess, that honeymoon period ended. Um, and how many years i'm gonna say probably like nine or ten so yeah 2009 yeah so we'll call it yeah 10 years um or no not even because i've been doing this for i don't right let's, yeah. let's say nine Some math. yeah okay. <laughs> um and i think all, you know looking back a big part of that was that i got very lucky and i met a girl who's now my fiance um who her dad is actually a sign painter and you know just like within dating her for the first few months she's like you need to meet my dad you guys are gonna hit it off you both love lettering like do it, hand lettering and stuff he's a sign painter i'm like get the fuck out i just got lucky like two times in a row That's so crazy wow. <laughs> so so when i met him he actually started uh teaching me how to sign paint and I would help him on jobs. Um, his name's Kurt Schlafer. My fiance is Amber Schlafer. Um, and he's been doing it for, I think 40 plus years. Uh, signs by and, Kurt, right? yeah, yeah. Signs by Kurt. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really, I started learning from him. And then I think that aha moment was I realized I was getting more, I was having more fun and getting more fulfillment from painting signs than I was uh, working, you know, the, the agency ad man life. Um, and that's where Great Not Good uh, Company came from is when I finally decided to uh, quit the day job, um, I was just kind of working under my, my own name and I was like, I, I need to like create a company because I, you know, I'm, I've done branding. And so like, it was more of a, per I, I was like, I want to just brand my own company. Right. Like that sounds right. Funny. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for quite a while, I was like going over names and couldn't really think anything that really like, you know, stuck with me. And uh, one day I was thinking about like, you know, the old adage, like good, not great. Like, Oh, you know, like it's a good job, but it's not the best job. Um, it's kind of just someone's way to say, like, yeah, it's fine. It's it it is what it is, you know. 
And uh, so I kind of was like, what if we flip that around and call it great, not good? Because um, a lot of my experience in the ad world was always trying to fight for the great ideas and the good concepts to get through, whether that be a client approval or internal uh, meetings, you know, wh whoever it may be, there's always somewhere along the way where that idea gets watered down and then, you know, you're just like, well, fuck. Um, and then also there's like a financial side to it, right? Like it often comes down to like, it's just like, what's the bottom line? You have X amount of money in your budget. This is the most amount of work you can do for that money. And it's often going to be not great work because you're limited, right? Um, so from the business side, I get it, but like also that causes for a lot of mediocre work. Um, so to sum that up, great, not good is the idea that, um, you know, always strive for the best, always, you know, exceed client expectations, give them a great product um, and never, you know, settle for like good because, right. yeah, because um, where's the fun in that? And I lose a lot of money because of it, you know. Uh, <laughs> I definitely work more than I should on projects, but like I don't know. For me, it's fun, and your name's on it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and and that's something else I realized. Like mine, like in any of the agencies, like my name's not on that door. So why, why work myself to death? for someone else. And this sounds like really shitty and I'm sorry, but like, yeah, like why, why put all your blood, sweat and tears into something that someone else built? Like, what if we did it for ourselves, you know? Um, and that's kind of where I'm at and, uh, it's hard and it's, it's, it is working, but it's fucking hard every day is, but, uh, uh you know, I'm smiling. So Right. Yeah. It, it's a different kind of hustle, but as long as the, you you have the reward, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of feel like we're not like everything that's happened has not been a struggle yet. That <laughs> no, exactly. So why don't we get into that? Then? I mean, this has been the whole great part. Let's get into yeah. the shitty. <laughs> well, but like, that's a, like, I have been thinking a lot about it and like, I don't, I don't mean, I don't by any means want to like dumb it down or, you know, like I, I just feel very fortunate. I have had a really, a pretty great life. Um, and I've experienced a lot of the same things that many of us have, you know, like losing friends and loved ones, um, you know, like been in jail, uh, partied, done mass amounts of drugs, um, DUIs, uh, you know, like fights and brawls and bad breakups and, you know, uh, HIV scare and you, like, there's just all, all these things, but those are all self-inflicted struggles. That was me just being an idiot. Yeah, and, yeah of course. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like. But it's like, those struggles that shape you to kind of who you, where you're at today and who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right? Yeah. And yeah, and so and that's like the other thing is I think one of the the I guess 
as far as the big struggle goes is really just like figuring out like the the idea of you know quitting this really really great career that i had in advertising on on the hopes that i could potentially make something out of sign painting um and that was it was more of an internal struggle it wasn't like a physical uh or you know an outside force that put it on me it was more like just trying to figure out what i was going to do with my life and um making that decision from you know that super steady paycheck and great you know having great coworkers to see every day and you know being able to collaborate and you know shoot the shit with people like trading all that in for not knowing where the next project is coming from and uh you know like how are you going to make ends meet and there's a, just, you know, a, a slew of other considerations. Um, but that was, I don't know, that was definitely a, a struggle to figure that out of, of what the, the best decision was. Um, I do think I made the right decision. And from there, then, you know, every day is not to sound dramatic, but it is a struggle. Like you still have to figure all these things out as you move forward. Um, but one thing that also I like, Oh, it's really quick. I was just like, for anyone who's, you know, not familiar with your career or what you've done, like you also were, when, when you were doing the advertising, you know, side of things, I mean, that was, it was like, you know, Timothy Brennan, like everyone, you know, knew who Tim was and Tim did badass work. And like, he was a, you were a staple in, in the advertising like industry. So even on top, it wasn't just like, Oh, you were just like, just somebody in the industry. It was like, no, dude, like, he was a staple person who like really uh, created a lot and, and um, I don't know, just really helped like pave the way for a lot of things too, like in this industry here in, in Phoenix. Right. So even stepping away from all of that you built up with your career at that um, is, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that, that cause I, I don't think there's anything in life that's like, like I put whatever I attempt to do, I'm going to do 110%, you know, and like, and for 10 years, I put my heart and soul into, you know, every ad campaign that, that I worked on and every agency that I was with. And, um, and that was the, I think that was the, probably the hardest part to let go is knowing that all of these relationships from a business standpoint, not from a friendship standpoint, but, you know, from business is like, that's, you know, I'm kind of deciding like that's nine years of, of work that I'm, you know, we're going to let, let go. Um, but that's not completely how it, or that hasn't been the case because a lot of those relationships have actually, come back full circle and uh, actually opened up, opened up a lot of opportunities for the sign painting business. Um, so don't burn bridges, kids. That's <laughs> exactly a real right. thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause now you, now your all your, uh, places you used to work at are now hiring you to do that work. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. So it's pretty great. 
So you think that was kind of like right within, if you're like reflecting back, you kind of think that might've been like kind of one of your biggest struggles was making that decision to transition over and do your own thing and kind of follow your passion with sign painting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was one of them. Um, what about coming from Colorado to Phoenix? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked about that because, uh, that I think would have been my other struggle. Um, but I didn't. Anytime you move, that's a monumental part in someone's life. Right. Right. And, uh, the thing is, is, is how I moved. So I didn't know I was struggling at the time. Um, I had mentioned, you know, definitely did a lot of drugs. Um, and I was from Durango and I hope there's a statue of limitations for this. Uh, but <laughs> so it, you know, in Durango, it's a small town and, um, my group of friends, we weren't, you know, we weren't the jocks. We weren't the cowboys. Uh, we were kind of like the skater kid, partier, drug doers. And um, yeah, and there was, uh, I guess our our circle, like we we did not just do them, but we also, you know, like had access to and sold and, you know, did all the, all the stuff. So uh as I, as we started growing up and graduated high school it all kind of continued and then slowly um friends from that circle would move right and it was kind of like a, a passing of the baton so like when one friend <laughs> left like whoever was next up in line kind of just took over and so eventually it's like four friends had all moved to phoenix and um kind of left me with the, not, no, that's, they didn't leave me with it, but I decided to kind of take over that, that. Tim was on the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I got pretty heavy into drugs. I was, uh, you know, selling and doing a lot of it, um, probably for a, a solid like year and a half. And I was working construction up there. So there was no, you know, I could fucking party all, all night and then like go swing a hammer and that's, that was fine. Um, but I had four friends in Phoenix that, uh, they actually called me up what it was during the winter and they're like, Hey man, like we're going on a week long, but like snowboarding trip. We're going to hit all the, all the big mountains, Vail, Aspen, you know, like Telluride, uh, you should come with us. It'll be a boys trip. Like we'll have a fucking blast. Right. And I'm like, nice. yeah, dude, like, let's fucking do this. So the whole week, like we were having like so much fun, um, you know, partying and drinking and like, and also skiing and snowboarding, obviously. Um, but the, the entire trip, like all the, all the boys were like, Hey man, like, what are you doing in Durango still? Like, you, you should just come down and like move down to Phoenix. Um, and like just get get the fuck out of there you know and i was like yeah, i don't know like it's fine i don't really have any like aspirations to leave um but like a like i'm jokingly as we like the week progress i'm like yeah yeah like yeah maybe i will i don't know um and so the ski trip the trip was ending is our last day we're driving home um and they had picked me up from durango and uh they're are there's highway 90 and highway 40 right coming down out of colorado and 
this is, we act, we reached like the literal fork in the road, not the proverbial one, uh, where 90 would take me back to Durango and then 40 continued on into Arizona. And they stayed on Arizona or uh, Highway 40. And I'm like, you guys, like, you're supposed to drop me back in Durango. And um, so they, and that's where they actually came out with it. And they said that they planned this trip to get me out of Durango um, because they noticed, like, they knew what I was into and kind of, like, how serious the situation was. Um, and serious could be interpreted as, you know, definitely a drug addict or on the other side of serious is getting caught, getting busted, spending, getting sent to jail for 20 years. Um, and so they, they knew all this stuff was going on and uh, yeah, set this trip up and they had already known that they were gonna bring me back to Phoenix. Two of them were brothers. Um, their dad owned a development company, the one that I worked for. Uh, they had already talked to their dad, got a job set up for me as the superintendent. Um, and yeah, they were pretty much like, we already have a job for you, so that's not a problem. You can crash on our couch until you get you know, sorted out. Um, wow. So I came down, I was down here for three months. Everything was back up in Colorado, my truck, like all that stuff. And so that, those three months came up and I hitched a ride up and loaded all my stuff up and drove back down and been here since. Dude, so that transformed your life, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And is, I still like think about that to this day, like how, how fortunate I am to have those guys and um, that they would take that step and have, you know, that compassion right. to be like, Hey man, like, you're fucking up right now. But I didn't know it. Like I had, I was, yeah, like I was just like so fucking gone. Like I just, I couldn't tell. Um, so it took them to, to give me a good slap and say, Hey dude, like get your shit together. So Damn, yeah, that's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Got so goosebumps through that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So that, that's, that's struggle number, let's say that's struggle number one. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah. that kind yeah. of set the stage for everything else. So. Yeah. Yeah. And out of that, so I just want to like, out of that struggle, what, um, what did you get out of that? The, the, the Phoenix, getting to Phoenix was, that was, it was a very big call. Um, like I said, like I didn't know how, how gone I was and to be able to have a group of guys just like kind of like set me straight and like and these are guys like we've all done really like well not bad like we've you know like these weren't like fucking churchgoers like you know right. them exactly. to tell me that I was fucking up like that really resonated with me and I was like oh shit like okay like you guys are telling me that you know like you're like guy, you're the ones that we fucking would go all out brawls with like you're telling me i'm fucking up like i need right. to take it seriously you know 
Um, and yeah, so, so I think that was really it. Like, it was like, it was a, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. Um, I, you know, what am I going to do for a career? Am I going to work construction the rest of my life? Um, like, do I fucking want to get married? Like, do it, you know, right. like, like do it, it's- like, I need a life partner, you know, do I want kid? Like it's like all this stuff like came out and it was like, okay, like in order to do all of these things, I need to fit, like, I need to like find a track and stay on it. Right. And, and, and from just knowing you like, and, and learning about this story, it gives me a better, uh, a really good understanding of um, why you value your friends uh, or your close ones, like input. For things, yeah. you know, like now I see it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's yeah. where this comes from. You really value that a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I was like, uh, just thinking about as you were saying it, and like now really just shines a light on that whole situation. You know, I think you yeah. from that situation, it really holds true to your heart. Yeah, so. yeah. I've never put that together, but yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Totally. Um, so one of the things that I, we, we got through the struggle, but one of the things that I, I always like to, to talk about is um, what advice would you give to your younger self um, if you were able to do so? Yeah. Um, I, so I, like, I don't want to like wax poetic, right? Like <laughs> there's probably going to be three cliches that come out of this, but they're all so very true and like one like so this so okay so here's the thing struggles are monumental in the moment in that period of life right like it's you're hyper focused on what's happening at that time and what i've realized is for every struggle that I've been through, that's all I could look past. There was nothing else that mattered. It was only like how terrible this thing that's happening to me is. And somewhere along the way, I started realizing like, okay, one, it, like, it's good to kind of reframe your, your mindset and remember that our struggles are they pale in comparison to so many other people in the world. Like, you know, uh, like amputees or people with mental illness or even like, like everything that's going on with racial injustice. And like, there, like, there's so many other things like world hunger. And like, there's just, there are people that are going through unheard of things that I have not experienced. So for, for me to get hung up on, and this sounds like, I don't know, like it sounds kind of shitty, but like, just fucking, I've always told myself, like, just get through this, like be thankful that you're able and capable to figure this out and it's, it'll get better down the road. Like we just need to get through this. Right. Um, so I guess that would be one thing is just know that things will get better. Um, and by kind of reframing your perspective and like, just, you know, identifying that this struggle is just a moment in your life and it'll pass. Um, 
either it'll turn out good or it, it will turn out bad, but either way, you're going to learn from it. You'll be become stronger from it. And like, that's the like I'm looking back, I'm so much more better equipped to handle my 25 year old self than I was. Right. Then, right? So like, and that, you know, that comes with age and maturity and experience. And, um, but and we heard it all our lives is, you know, our parents like, oh, it, it'll it work out, you know, or like, you know, all the adage of, you know, life's going to get better. And you don't know that until you actually experience it. Someone can tell you how to do something. You're not going to know how to do it until you fuck it up first. Right. right. Um, so, yeah. So I think, yeah, just kind of remember that, like, that there's a lot of other people that are much worse off and we should be for thankful sure. for what we have today. So, yeah. so yeah, just kind of thinking about, like we talked about, like I, I do feel very fortunate with that the struggles I've gone through in life, I've been able to, I've had people there to help me through them and I've been able to, you know, get through them. Like, somewhat unscathed um but there is just like so much going on in the world right now that it it definitely just has me thinking a lot and um i guess like the best way to say it is that like uh like i don't know if i've experienced my biggest struggle yet like i think that's still to come um and i don't mean that in a bad way it's not you know not being dramatic, but I just, I think that there, there are some things that me personally and the, the world has yet to kind of right. like, come to terms with. Um, and yeah, so I think that, I think I'm still waiting for that big one, but exactly. Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and but, I think that's, that's kind of where like all this, I mean, I've had this idea for a while now to, to get this started, but um, I've kind of put it off for, for quite a bit. And then once like the pandemic shit happened, that was like really lit the fire underneath my ass to like get it going because I figured like every, we're all kind of like in the same boat in a way with, with dealing with that kind of shit right now. So create a platform for people to either watch or listen and hear other people's stories and just kind of get inspired and have that like thing of hope a little bit or just kind of know like you know I'm not in this alone like yeah there's you know when you listen to other people's stories you really get to put those pieces together um and connect them and be like yeah we're all kind of really uh connected or related in in some way yeah absolutely um and I really appreciate that you're doing this too uh I think yeah to your point people need that to hear that other that other people like we're all people we're, we all have right? problems like we're all fucked up and we all need help and no one's perfect and you know like it's it's just good to know that there are other people that are going through the same stuff you know um it's just yeah because this day and age just you know what we have to compare ourselves to is, you know, the perfect Instagram lives and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, no, let's just, let's just be real people, you know? Right. Let's yeah, talk. Exactly. <laughs> but we still need to be great, not good. 
Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else Tim, that you want to jump on before we close it out? No, I don't think so. Um, cool, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if anyone wants to see your work, reach out to you, where can they do that at? Yeah. Um, you can go to greatnotgood.co on Instagram. Um, that's the, my handle for everything website as well. Um, but yeah, IG is definitely the most, uh, current and, um, you know, I'm, I don't post every day. Uh, but you know, it's, I'll post when I post and hopefully people will like it. Um, but yeah. And then also like, if you're in Phoenix, uh, there's quite a few restaurants and walls and bars that, uh, have mural work or sign painting work. Um, and there's also, you know, there's a, a list of, of cities, other cities in the country also, uh, provided that these restaurants get to open up again and stay in business. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So Do I you guess, have a list on your website of all the places that you've done uh, sign painting at. No. Um, That'd no, be cool. that would be cool. I, it would be like super dope to do like uh, a fucking pin map, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe let's let's chat offline. We'll we'll get that. All going. right. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And it's really cool if you guys follow Tim's stuff. Um, he shows a lot of behind the scenes and his process. Um, and I think that's a really important part to see um, and just get an inside look on that. Not everyone shows their process. They just show the final completed work. Um, so you really get an inside look uh, of what Tim's doing. So check it out for sure. So yeah, dude, thanks a lot, man. Uh, this was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Um, thanks for the goosebumps and great <laughs> stories. So. Hell yeah, man. It was really good seeing you. And uh, thanks for having me. Definitely.